Welcome to Exodus, California. I'm your host, Joanne Kraft, and my husband, Paul, will be your co-host as we share our story about how we left California and made our home in the rolling hills of Tennessee. Exodus, California is a podcast for Californians who've had enough and are getting ready to pull the trigger and make that move out of a state they once loved. Some of you may be thinking of moving to Arizona or Idaho. Many more of you will land in Texas or even Nevada. But for those of you thinking about Tennessee, this podcast is where you'll discover lots of valuable information on just how to make that move. There's a mass exodus out of the Golden State happening today. The beautiful Western State was once a coveted destination for millions of families who moved there because they wanted better opportunities, better weather, and the freedom to enjoy both. But sadly, California is not the same today. I'm a third generation Californian and I completely understand all the reasons you fell in love with California. But I also understand all the reasons you're thinking about leaving her now. On our show, we'll talk about all those questions you have about moving to Tennessee, things like taxes, real estate prices, churches, public schools, crime rates, tornadoes, and yes, we'll even talk about the one thing that scares a Californian most of all, humidity. Once we moved our family to Tennessee, our company has not stopped and we seriously love it. We just love having people here. We've shown so much real estate and so many have fallen in love with the state we moved to. I'm telling you, the word is out. Many have moved here and we don't just talk to our family. We talk to friends and friends of friends and even strangers on a weekly basis. People who wanna know all the details about how we did what we did when we moved to Tennessee with no friends waiting no family here to help us, and no job on the horizon. And honestly, it was the best decision we have ever made. We pray this podcast encourages you, answers some questions, and gives you the help you need to start planning your very own exodus from California. Welcome to Exodus, California. Thank you for joining us today. Today we are talking about moving to Tennessee. Is it right for you? And what we're going to talk about today specifically is putting together a pro and con list to help you focus on that decision. Seeing something in writing can really help you focus on that and putting it in writing focuses you on the reasons why something's a pro or a con. Now we're going to be pretty basic today and I remember when I wrote out my pro and con list it was very specific. But what we're going to do today, because we don't want to hold you hostage for four hours, we are just going to touch on the big ones. And we're going to help you out with filling out your pro and con list. So uh, go and grab a piece of paper. You can put us on pause for a minute here and then come back with your pen and paper. And we're going to go over every big thing that I really believe that my husband and I both believe you've been thinking about. So first off, let's talk about the one thing that every single one of you I know is thinking about before you even think about pulling the trigger and driving 2,300 miles to Tennessee. You're thinking about work. What about my job? Unless they're lucky enough to be retired. And then they're thinking about, thank you, God, I can fish. That's awesome. But I guess for a lot of people too, with COVID, what's very cool is we're seeing a lot of people can actually stay at home now and they don't have to go into the office. Yeah, although I'm not sure how long that's going to go on for or what's ultimately going to happen in the future, but that is definitely a possibility. More places and more clients are are open to 
remote uh, networking, remote meetings, uh, electronic signatures. So it may become more permanent, but that is uh, very much up in the air. I'm not certain I would put a lot of stock in that going forward. Well, I think for us, we do have a real estate company. And so we talk to our clients on Zoom. And uh, it's a great way to actually uh, talk to people face-to-face and uh, kind of talk them off the ledge when they're thinking about moving. Well, we've been showing people houses on Zoom where we walk through the house and, and we're showing them on the on the camera what they're seeing and what the house looks like in the neighborhood. And you know, we'll drive into the neighborhood with the camera out the front of the car so they can see what that looks like and the surrounding areas. So it's not as good as you know having boots on the ground, but there have been a couple of times where somebody really loved the house they saw on Zoom because of how on Zillow because of how it was uh, portrayed by the realtor. But then when you actually see it or see the neighborhood or the surrounding area, all of a sudden it's not as, as desirable. So you saved yourself a trip. So yeah, we're, we're able to do a lot of stuff virtually now that we weren't able to do before. And we're going to actually have some of those people uh, interviewed to talk about their transaction moving from California and not seeing the house till they actually got here, which is happening more and more. We had a couple of those. Yeah. So first on the big list of pros and cons for moving to Tennessee, let's talk about your job. And my guess is you're probably asking yourself, what's the job? you know, culture like out there in Tennessee. What is it do they do out there? And hopefully you've done a little bit more homework and you're a little bit more educated to understand that Tennessee is a booming uh, market economically and uh, it's a great place to raise a family. What would you say, Paul, to somebody talking about, uh, I would say, jobs, uh, employment here? What would be a pro in the pro list for them? Well, one is the number of jobs that we have and the varied industries that we have here. So you can be anything from a white-collar professional working in an office every day in like the healthcare industry. If being outdoors is more your thing, there's uh, plenty of jobs uh, outside working in landscaping or parks. Uh, If you want to be a a manual laborer where you're a painter, contractor, there's a lot of building going on out here right now. So you really have the gamut. In fact, Agriculture is one of Tennessee's major industries. So if you're interested in doing farming, you have that option as well. Tell them about, I kind of, we weren't planning this, but tell them about what the uh, state bird is called now. Okay. My oh, it's called the, uh, oh, the construction crane? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. In fact, one of the stories we read a while ago was that because there's so much building going on in downtown Nashville, that uh, there's a construction crane shortage across America. So apparently Texas is pretty upset with Tennessee because they're trying to build stuff, but they can't get construction cranes because they're all here in Nashville. So when one project finishes in Nashville, they just move the crane across the street to start on the next project rather than sending it to Texas to work on theirs. So apparently Texas construction industry is not very happy with Tennessee. But we love you, Texas, very much. Oh, absolutely. We love you. Um, and I think we counted 30, I counted 35 cranes in Nashville a little while ago. Pretty cool. And when she says that, we're talking about a just in the town of Nashville itself in a <laughs> relatively small geographic region. There is just a lot of building and new building going on out here. Uh, the Nashville skyline looks different than when we first moved here eight years ago. Well, we definitely need uh, contractors and laborers, and, and I mean, it is it is definitely booming. So what would you say to somebody who asks you, Paul, hey, I, I really want to move to Tennessee, but I'm just, I'm just not sure I can leave my job. Is there a job there for me? I would say yes, just like anything else. I mean, is there a job for you in California? Well, it depends on what you're Depends on what your skill set is, depends on what your experience is. But I would say apples to apples, you're going to have an easier time finding a job in Tennessee uh, than you will in California. Now, 
If you want to work for a big dot-com company that's in the tech industry uh, and you really want to be, you know, with the uh, upper echelon in that group, uh, with the management and the CEOs, yeah, you're pretty much stuck in Silicon Valley, California. So there's exceptions to every rule, but by and large, you're going to have an easier time finding a job in Tennessee than will in California. And real quick, we do help our clients find their home in Tennessee, but we also, uh, we believe, I believe for sure, this is a ministry uh, helping Californians make Tennessee their home. And so we do also offer, for those of you who are uh, entrepreneurial, those of you who may have your businesses already and just want to plant them in Tennessee, uh, Paul belongs to a business group where he can invite you, right now they're on Zoom, where he can invite you and introduce you to meet 70 other business owners in the area of Franklin. Yeah, one of the things that, and this is true in California as well, but especially in Tennessee, you just find it's kind of uh, on steroids, the um, level that people are willing to go to help you. If you're willing to say, hey, I need help with this, you will find no lack of people willing to jump up and and help. We don't view it as a zero-sum game where if you get uh, X, then I can't get X either. It's very much of if you win, I win, so let's work together. I will say here, we believe hard work is a thing. So if you're coming and you are a hard worker and you're easy to work with, you will have no problem whatsoever. So in the pro section, would you put what for jobs here? Well, there's more jobs available. Uh, You're going to have more opportunity here. Uh, If you want to start your own company, which is something we didn't talk about, it's going to be much easier to do here than it is in California. I mean, I'm uh, an attorney in California. I'm also a real estate broker in California. I'm an attorney in Tennessee. I'm a real estate broker in Tennessee. So I can compare apples to apples. And just to give you an idea, when I needed a, a piece of paper from the California Department of Real Estate, and this is back in 2012, so it hasn't gotten better, all I needed from them was a piece of paper that said, yes, you are a licensed real estate broker in California. I called the lady up. She was rude. I said, what I need to do? She says, you need to submit a form and pay a fee. I said, how long does it take to get this piece of paper back? She said, it'll take about four to six weeks. I said, can I come in and pick it up? She said, no, you can only mail it. All right, so I mailed the form in. Four to six weeks later, I get the piece of paper saying, yes, I'm a realtor in California. I had to get that piece of paper to the state of Tennessee. I called the guy in the morning when I got my piece of paper. He said, oh, just email it to me. I emailed it to him. About three or four hours later, I got an email back saying, you're licensed here in Tennessee. So what California took four to six weeks to do and was kind of hostile towards me about trying to do it, Tennessee took less than a day and was very helpful. So what would you say the pro would be? You're you're saying customer service is a plus, but pro for jobs, would you say less regulation, more freedom to be and do what you want to do? Yeah, like I said, if you want to start your own company, you're going to have an easier time doing that here than you will in California. It's going to be cheaper to do. It's going to be easier to do. Uh, We uh, don't have a law that prohibits independent contractors like AB5. So if you want to start a business where you hire independent contractors, or you yourself want to be an independent contractor because you're a grown adult able to make your own decisions, then you're free to do so here. And then just talking about, you know, the amount of jobs available, one of the metrics that you can look at is the unemployment rate. And so in Tennessee, as of July, the unemployment rate was 9.5%. In California, as of July, the unemployment rate was uh, 13.3%. But that's statewide. So both California and Tennessee are pretty large, diverse states. When you drill down by county, that's where it gets a little bit more uh, interesting. So, for example, Santa Clara County, which is 
where Silicon Valley is. They've got an unemployment rate of 6.5%. But then you get up into San Joaquin County, where Stockton is, they've got an unemployment rate of 14.8%. So just between counties, you're going to get a huge difference in numbers. Whereas in Tennessee, we could do the same thing. If you're in Middle Tennessee, which is where Williamson County is, Davidson County, Murray County. The Nashville area. So Williamson County is 6.4%. Davidson County is 12%. If you get out to Shelby County, which is where Memphis is, you're at 14.4%. But for the most part, uh, all of Tennessee's counties, with a a couple of exceptions, are under 10% in their unemployment rate. That means that there are ample number of jobs out here. And if you want to work, you'll have the ability to work. And I think if you are paying attention to what's happening in California, you are seeing the articles, and there are a lot of them, about just the mass exodus of businesses leaving California. So if you want to put something in a pro list, put that jobs are coming to Tennessee. Put in the con list for jobs. They are leaving California. So even if you do have a job with a major company, it's a scary thing to put all your eggs in one basket because you have no idea if you're going to get a notice that, guess what? We're leaving the state. Well, the number of companies that have left California, we're just talking about California, uh, but the number of companies that left other states and come to Tennessee. So Mitsubishi had their headquarters in Southern California and Orange County for, I believe, over 40 years. And they moved to Tennessee. They moved the headquarters to the Middle Tennessee area back in 2019. Harrow Health, which was another California company, they moved their headquarters to Tennessee. Smile Direct Club is opening up a major uh, headquarters here in Tennessee that's bringing over 2,000 jobs. Uh, Amazon opened up a a, a customer service uh, center here that's bringing 5,000 jobs. So the number of companies coming to Tennessee creates a greater number of jobs. And there's so many more than that. We would keep you here all day. I mean, I can't tell you how many times Paul and I would read the paper and shout to each other from the other room, guess who else is coming here? So, and I mean job-wise, it's it's very exciting. But I love Tennessee because we stay a little bit under the radar of our big brother, Texas. And I'd rather have Texas get all the attention and us stay in there. Okay, so job, the pro would definitely be moving here. There's a lot of opportunity. Uh, The con would be, I want to talk about our salary because one of the things I've noticed uh, from a lot of Californians, especially, especially two two sections of of workers, one being first responders and the other being uh, teachers. So let's just kind of camp on teachers uh, on this episode. Teachers are very concerned when I see them going, hey, we want to leave and go with my family, but I'm seeing that teachers don't get paid what we get paid in Tennessee or in California. And that's going to be true if you look at just the top line number. So if you look at what the salary is for a teacher in California versus a salary for a teacher in Tennessee, those numbers are not going to be close to each other, and the California number is going to be higher. But what you have to look at is, what is your net? In other words, what are you getting to keep by moving here? So if I tell you that I make $10 million a year, but I spend $11 million a year, well, then I'm broke. I mean, I'm upside down a million dollars a year. If I tell you I make $100,000 a year, but I get to keep $50,000 a year, I'm better off that way because I'm actually keeping $50,000 a year. So you can't just look at that top line number. You have to look at what your net is. So what are all your expenses? So yes, your top line salary is going to be less, but so are your taxes because we don't have an income tax here in Tennessee. Your property taxes are likely going to be lower. Your utilities are going to be lower. Your 
car registration is going to be lower. Your gas. Your gas is going to be lower. So all those expenses are going to be lower, which helps you to keep more money. So the number you need to look at is not what what am am I making. The number to look at is what am I getting to keep. And I think another uh, option that has to be included with your salary as a teacher, uh, we've had people come out and teachers from California, and they did the absolute detailed look into salaries here. Now I'm talking about Williamson County right now when I'm talking about this. And the person that I talked to said that the that the salary, though it looked less from California, Californians, do teachers, at least where she came from, do not get the benefits that the Tennessee teachers in Williamson County were getting. So make sure you check out the benefits too. Don't just look at, like Paul said, the top line. So on to our next bullet point the next pro and con we're going to be talking about real estate because i think that's always something that people uh, online talk back and forth uh, what's real estate about what how much is it there and i do remember when we moved here back in uh, california we listened to armstrong and getty and i told paul i said once we move to tennessee i am going to call the armstrong and getty radio show and i'm going to get on their show i'm telling you i'm going to get on their show sure enough we were in the i think the salt flats of Be- utah of yeah U- we're crossing utah yeah and i and i called them up and i said where to leave in and the first thing they said to me was congratulations and they said so you're going to go out there and get some mansion for two hundred thousand dollars because i think that's what everybody thinks and so people think that $200,000 for a mansion is something every single person can get here. What would you say to them? Uh, no. So if you compare, again, apples to apples, because yes, you can buy a $100,000 house in California. You're going to be out in the desert near the Arizona border by yourself. But yes, you can get a $100,000 house in California. You can also get a $100,000 house here in Tennessee. So the important thing to look at is to compare apples to apples. So you want to look at similar cities. So Nashville is very similar to Sacramento. So they're capital cities. There's a river that runs through them. There are a couple of small colleges there. They don't have anything like a Sac State, uh, but Nashville does have uh, Vanderbilt and Belmont and Lipscomb and then a couple of smaller universities there. So it's very much like Sacramento. So if you're looking to compare housing, you can use Nashville to Sacramento. Uh, Murfreesboro is another big town in Middle Tennessee. I would say Murfreesboro is kind of like Folsom in terms of See, distance to Sacramento and I was going to say Franklin to Folsom. I would say Folsom and Franklin are pretty because they're about size wise, they're pretty huge and there's I'd say Folsom to Franklin. I won't disagree. And so if you're going to look at you know those, you want to make sure that you're comparing similar cities, similar houses, similar areas. You can't just look and go, well for two, what can I get in Tennessee for $200,000? You can get just about anything you want. It's just a question of where. And one of the things you might want to think about as well, and and a lot of people don't realize this, but Tennessee has two time zones in it. The the central time zone doesn't just run through our state, but also uh, the eastern time zone. So cities like Knoxville, Chattanooga, they're on the eastern time zone. And that, though I think those cities are beautiful, and a lot of you are definitely moving there. I see it in all the Facebook groups I'm watching, and that's a great choice. For us, it didn't work because two hours difference from Pacific time, Paul was still working virtually, and so that two hours made a big difference, and we didn't want to add another hour to that. Here's an example. So we're recording this today, September 14th, and the Tennessee Titans are playing Monday Night Football tonight. 
and I believe the game starts at 10.15 Eastern Time. So if you are in Knoxville or Chattanooga, that Monday night game starting at 10.15. So, yeah, the Eastern Time Zone just wasn't going to work for football reasons. So keep that in mind because a lot of you see these little towns and you go, oh, I just love Maryville near Johnson City. But then you, you also are that same person who goes, yeah, but I have to get to the Nashville International Airport for my job once a week. Well, that's a very long drive. So make sure when you look at these little towns, though they are adorable and there's some great places to live, make sure you don't need to get to the airport very quickly and you don't need, you know, make sure those things are, you don't want to, you don't care about being on a different time zone. That's really important. So real estate is going to fall under some of those parameters. So I would say a pro for real estate, you get a lot more uh, just across the board. You get a lot more here in Tennessee than you do in California. That's why people are coming. And it's a lot more for your money really is what you need to look at. In other words, you don't have to move into a 6,000 square foot mansion on 10 acres. But if you want to buy a four-bedroom, 2,500-square-foot house in a subdivision, you're going to get that a lot cheaper in Tennessee than you will a comparable place than you will a comparable place in California. Mm-hmm. So I would say pro definitely prices, and you already knew that. You knew that already. We just want you to be smarter about it when you do look at prices. And then the other thing I would say, there's two pros to real estate here, and I, I have to share watching one of the one of the real estate agents on a Facebook group talking to people. They said, "Hey, I'm going to compare this city to a city in California." And while that's all well and good, we just told you the same thing it's even more important to compare property taxes because even if you know you come out comparable with a price let's talk about property taxes and paul would you share what that looks like here and how they can figure them out well when you talk about california of course anybody who owns a house in california is familiar with prop 13. so we'll just use some basic numbers to just kind of use for examples but if you buy a two hundred thousand dollar house in california you're going to pay about one and a half percent in property taxes on that $200,000. And your property taxes are capped at how much they can go up a year, which is about 1% a year, no matter what the value of your house does. So if your house goes from $200,000 to $400,000 in one year, your property taxes are only gonna go up about 1% uh, year over year because of Prop 13's cap. What Tennessee does is they have about the same tax rate as California, but they only tax 25% of the assessed value of the property. So if you buy a million dollar property in Tennessee, you're going to pay taxes on 250,000 of that at about one and a half percent. Now Tennessee doesn't have a cap on how much your property taxes can go up year over year. So if your house goes from a million to two million, then your property taxes are gonna be assessed at 25%. So it's going to go from being assessed at $250,000 to being assessed at $500,000. And you'll again pay about 1.5% on that. Now, one of the nice things about Tennessee is that while you get good appreciation, you don't get kind of the ridiculous appreciation you see in California. So California has much bigger swings in real estate prices than Tennessee does. So, for example, when the downturn happened in California nationwide, California was hit much harder than other states, but they also had greater appreciation. So if you're lucky enough to sell at the top, you're gonna you know, realize more of a gain. But the flip side is if you don't, you're gonna have a bigger fall uh, from that top. Whereas Tennessee's real estate stays pretty steady uh, in terms of appreciation. Uh, there's no big swings up or down. So 
let's just go over this real estate a pro would be lower prices and lower taxes in your con list for real estate for moving to Tennessee I'm going to say appreciation you just are not going to appreciate uh, with equity here in the same speed that you would in in many locations in California but with that said one of the things we love about Tennessee is that when our property appreciates here, there's businesses and jobs to back it up. And in California, we were living there during the big bust, the big boom when everybody was losing their homes and it was just a heartbreaking time. We try and explain it to Tennesseans here when they ask us about it and we say, well, prices went up in the homes here, but there were no jobs in California to back it up. Jobs were already leaving back then. And so, one of the things to keep in mind when you're looking at California is what is supporting that house appreciation. Right now what's happening is a lot of people are moving out of the Bay Area up to Sacramento area and in the foothills. So if you're seeing a lot of price appreciation in Sacramento, it's people taking their jobs from Silicon Valley and moving up there. But then what's happening with real estate prices in the Bay Area? Well, rents in San Francisco have dropped dramatically. Uh, housing prices have held pretty steady, but that's just because there's so much demand but not enough supply in California right now. But as companies and people move out of California, I think you're going to see that uh, that appreciation is not going to be supportable. Now, you're always going to have a group of people who are going to be able to afford to buy houses. And fortunately, from that standpoint, California has had a, a government-imposed housing shortage. So the demand will likely be there enough to support what the current supply is. But when you're looking at housing in Tennessee, it is supported by jobs. And in terms of appreciation, so we don't want to make it sound like there's no appreciation, it's just steady. So for example, last year Zillow uh, says that national home values went up 5.1% over the past year. That's very sustainable growth. Before we move on to our next uh, pro and con item, which is going to be schools, I wanted to take this time to answer a question that keeps coming up with people uh, who ask us, why are you telling Californians about Tennessee? Well, we're telling you because we think there's a lot of you out there who are very discouraged, who uh, are very sad, who may have lost some hope uh, that, and, and may be wrongly thinking, and we even thought this way, that every other state is exactly the same as us because that's what the news bites are saying. That's what the videos are saying that you're seeing on YouTube and Facebook. But we're here to give you hope that there is a place that freedom does still exist. Our goal isn't to bash California. Uh, that's Our goal really is, like John just said, to give you hope, to, to let you know that there is something better out there, that there is an opportunity out there. We've used this analogy before we talk about you know California being the Titanic. We're trying to show up as a lifeboat to let you know that not just Tennessee, but Texas, Idaho, Arizona, there's you know plenty of good states out there that provide a lot of the opportunities Tennessee does. For us, Tennessee was great, but if you show up as a as a lifeboat to the Titanic, you don't start bashing the Titanic and how it was poorly built, or the captain was a terrible captain and shouldn't have been doing what he was doing, or, or anything else. So we're not showing up to bash California. We're just stating the reality that we think California is sinking and we're offering a life preserver to anybody who wants to jump off. So the next bullet point is going to be schools. And here's a pro for schools. 
after we just said that about California, the schools are terrible in California. <laughs> so I feel well, there's a giant a- there's a giant hole in the side of the Titanic. We're not bashing the Titanic. We're just stating a fact. I feel like it's so terrible here. So yeah, it's it doesn't take that much to say our schools are better here. They are so incredibly better. And and I would recommend go to greatschools.com and look at a few of the schools in the area that you're thinking about moving. Uh, again, you can email us at moving to Tennessee at gmail.com. Email Paul or Joanne at movingtotennessee at gmail.com. We can also help assist you with uh, talking to you about the schools. But I'll tell you, I don't even think we even need to go into detail here. One thing you can explain if you can do it kind of quick, Paul, because I don't want to keep everybody. But can you talk about a pro that we have that California does not have that's incredible here? So one of the things that Tennessee offers that some states have picked up on now, including California, although not as uh, broad as Tennessee's, is the availability of college for high school students to attend at no cost to them or to their parents. So basically Tennessee several years ago started what's called Tennessee Promise, where if you graduate from a Tennessee high school, that child can go to community college for two years or a technical school for 18 months and it won't cost them or the parents anything. Basically Tennessee takes their tax money and they invest it in tuition for their students. One of the things that's going to do 10, 15 years down the road, you're going to have a more educated workforce here, which creates a stronger economy, one that's more resilient to recession, and that creates more opportunity for uh, kids graduating from high school. A lot of the kids going to school on the Tennessee Promise are first-time college attendees and their entire family. And so it's really created a lot of opportunity for kids. And one of the things we want to encourage you about is if your kids aren't students they don't love to be they don't want to go to college this is also a fantastic place to be when it comes to this program because we offer something that's very valuable and that's opportunity to go to a technical school so for example if the student wants to uh, be a hairdresser work in a hair salon there's an 18 month school they can go to for that and again it won't cost them anything tuition wise If they want to get into mechanics, they can do that. If they want to get into HVAC, they can do that. So some kids just are not academically inclined. They don't like school. It doesn't really speak to them. But if they can work for 18 months in the field that they want to go into and they love it, then for them that makes school tolerable. One of the things I want to just go back and tell you, if you haven't heard our first podcast, the high school here in Williamson County that our kids attended, they had a choice um, to pick a track. They could pick, uh, let's say, an engineering track. They could pick a math and science track. They could just do classes like the normal high school student. Uh, one of the other tracks was emergency uh, medical. So my, our daughter got to be a part of this program. And I guess in California, you'd kind of call it an ROP program in a way. And so they had like a, ma- like a mock emergency room in her high school, which was really cute. And by the time she finished high school, she had her she had her certified nursing what was her CNA, so she could actually make more money while she was going to college. They're very big on self motivating these kids to be self motivated salary. And well, one of the goals that the high school has is when kids graduate, they're ready to go to work if that's what they want to do. In California, it seems like the whole push is to get you to college. Every kid goes to college. Every kid goes to college. Well. Not every kid wants to go to college. College isn't a good fit for every kid. It's one of the things that Tennessee kind of focuses on is if you're a kid that doesn't want to go to college, we at least want you to come out ready to enter the workforce. 
and to be able to pursue your dreams and goals. And well, I don't want to interrupt you, babe, but I do want to say one thing. If you're a retiree and you want to be a part of, you know, getting involved with school again, maybe you're, you're a retired educator. Paul is a part of a mentor program for these college students going through junior college. And it's a really neat way to uh, give back to the community and get to know the kids that are going to school. One of the things that's required for the Tennessee Promise is the kids have to do some type of community service, and then there's also a mentor that's assigned to them. That's an adult, so it's a volunteer position. So you get assigned about five to six kids from your local high school, and your job is just to check in with them and to make sure that they're getting their stuff done, their need to get done. If they have any questions, they have something they can ask, because one of the things with kids is they're a lot of times afraid to ask questions of people they don't know. They don't want to call up a phone number and talk to some stranger. But if you've made a connection with them and, and you're sending them an email, they're much more comfortable replying to the email and saying, hey, what is this FAFSA I hear about? Or, you know, I have a deadline coming up, what I need to do. And it's a way to kind of help guide the kids through school. So for schools, we were a little long-winded on that one, guys. But I would say the pro is they are all around better. And for the most part, I mean, you have your outliers in a state. I mean, we can't, we can't, we're generalizing a whole state. You are going to find bad schools in Tennessee the same way you find bad schools in California. Right. The thing is to, again, to compare apples to apples. Don't compare a uh, elite private school in California to a school in downtown Memphis. That's not really comparing apples to apples. Um, so you can definitely find great schools here. Uh, you're going to find better schools than you will in California comparing across the board. The other thing that Tennessee offers from an education standpoint is what's called Tennessee Reconnect. That's for adults who didn't go to college but would like to go back. So if you lived in Tennessee for a year and you have never obtained a, a bachelor's or an associate's degree, then you can go to two years with community college and it's paid for by the taxpayer. Again, the idea is Tennessee's gonna use taxpayer money to create a stronger community and a stronger economy. So every time my husband says that's prepaid by the taxpayer, that would be when the average Joe would say free. I just wanna, I just wanna- We don't, we don't use the F word. I just wanna kind of uh, help you understand and translate what that means. He trained our kids not to ever say free, to say prepaid by the taxpayer. So just so you know, it's it's air quotes free. But it's prepaid by the taxpayer. Okay. So schools pro, they're better. You've got Tennessee Hope, Tennessee Reconnect. You've got certification for lots of things for your kids. Your kids have a better chance at life here, I mean, when it comes to schools. They're but much more likely to graduate from a Tennessee high school debt-free than they are a California. A Tennessee high school, you or, meant. Sorry, Tennessee college, right. debt-free, than they are a California college, debt-free. Mm -hmm. And again, if you come out of college and you've already got, say, a two to $300 a month student loan payment, that, that sets you back a little bit. That prevents you from being able to do some of the things you might want to do. So the con for schools, I'm, I'm just going to touch on this for a real quick second. The only thing I can think of about the con is really more... Uh, social and that is making friends I know a lot of you moms out there you're really scared about tearing your kids away from the friends they've had forever and I'm just gonna tell you I went to school with all the you know all through grammar school and high school with the same people I now live in Tennessee and talk to maybe two of them and so that is not a reason you know a little pain right now is not a reason to keep them from a lifetime of opportunity so making new friends is something that they will survive and here's just kind of a 
I guess, a dose of reality on that. So just ask yourself, how many of your friends from fifth grade or sixth grade do you keep in touch with? So while now it might be painful for that fifth or sixth grader to move to a new school, 20 years from now, they're not going to talk to that fifth grade friend anyway. So don't let that be a reason why. Mm -hmm. The other thing is that you're counting on other people to maintain their current lifestyle because there's no guarantee that your child's best friend in fifth grade isn't going to move away. Our son Samuel, he was in um, school and he had three very good friends that lived down the street and he, they ended up moving away. And uh, so even though he was sad about leaving them, had we stayed there, they would have moved away in two years anyway and he would not have been able to see them. Yeah, so we don't know the future, but we do know this. Your kids will make new friends. People move all the time. So schools are taken care of there. We hope we've encouraged you. And one other thing on that is that when you take your kids to school for the first day, probably 20% of the kids in their class are going to be brand new students that moved here from someplace else as well. We were shocked when we went to our kids' first day of school and they asked how many kids are new and 20, 30% of the kids raised their hand. So that isn't a con, babe. That would be a pro then. Right. So that would be another pro. Look how encouraging we are. Right. Did I say you weren't encouraging that one time? One time. I think I did. Okay, so lots of pros for the schools. And the next the next little line item in your pro and con list, we're going to talk about utilities. Uh, real quick, we're going to talk about gas. Let's talk about that. The pro about gasoline here, way cheaper. Right now when we're doing this podcast, you can get gas here between $1.60 and $2 maybe, $1.00. Uh, on average, I'd say you could find gas. You could easily find gas for a buck ninety. And there's and there's different programs. You know, we Kroger out here is the Safeway of California. So Kroger gives you, you know, you buy your groceries, you get so much off. The other day, I filled up for eighty-seven cents a gallon because it was a buck eighty-seven at Kroger, and then we had a dollar off because of the points we had built up. So yeah, eighty-seven cents a gallon is what I filled up my truck for. And because you were kind and loving and encouraging. Most often you take a picture and send it to family back in Tennessee, or excuse me, back in California, which is always nice of you. Just so they know how the other half is living. Yeah. So utilities, pro, way cheaper. We can uh, we can run our air conditioner pretty much 24-7. Uh, when you guys were having your water uh, rations, and I remember my sister was screamed at because she her hose was leaking. Somebody drove up and yelled at her. I, I was blown away. I mean, we run our water. We run our air. Not, we, we do it resourcefully. We do it, you know, the right way, but we run them. Let me say this. The mayors out here, unlike the mayor of Los Angeles, the mayors in Tennessee aren't tweeting out at 3 o'clock in the afternoon that it's time to turn your air conditioner off and turn on a box fan because there's not enough power to go around for the entire state. If you are listening to this podcast and we have to tell you there's something wrong with what Paul just said, uh, there's something wrong with being on a watch list, there's something wrong with having your air rationed and your power shut off, if we're having to tell you that, I mean, I'm not sure there is hope for you because there's if you don't get it, you're not going to get it later. Well, the other thing is that, again, everybody thinks that California is like every place else, but California is a very unique state. If you have too much wind, then you have to turn the power off because it's too windy. If you don't have enough wind, the wind turbines don't turn and you don't have enough power. California is the only state in the United I know where if it's too windy or not windy enough, you don't have power either way. So these are real lives that are being affected by 
utility issues. And I, I was talking to somebody yesterday who lost their house in a camp in the campfire uh, last year. I was talking to another woman yesterday who her uh, home is is being threatened right now by fires, and her business she has a business in the Central Valley in California, and because of choices by the governor, she's been shut down, and she is watching her savings dwindle away. These are real problems, and utilities play a big part of that. So out here, not only is our, our utilities cheaper, but they're reliable. They are running. I don't have a problem with our utilities. And again, Tennessee, we have wind. In fact, in Tennessee, every once in a while, you'll have a tornado that touches down. It doesn't get much windier than a tornado. But yet, even on our windiest days, uh, we still have power. I don't know. California, for some reason, just can't figure out how to keep the power on when it's windy. And these are all government-imposed issues. PG&E wants to provide you power. They really do. It's how they make money. But because of the way California's government is run, PG&E has a really difficult time working in that environment. And while I'm sure there might be some aspect of global warming that applies to this, that can attribute everything. Because the only place it seems to be affected is the liberal west coast of America, California, Oregon, and Washington, that refuse to do appropriate fire management, that refuse to do appropriate forest management, and that refuse to keep their utilities functioning. So Tennessee, like the other roughly 47 states, is able to keep their power on in a reliable fashion. And, and I'm not, I am not going to even go into global warming because that, but just think about this. Global warming does not just affect California and Oregon and Washington. Um, it should be affecting Montana, Kansas, Idaho, Tennessee. Tennessee. So think about that. We just want you guys to think about that. So utilities, the pro, cheaper, more reliable. The con for utilities out here, I'm not even going to give you one. Leave that blank. Well, we, I mean, I do miss the spare the air days. Those are kind of, I miss those. I do miss just having my power shut off at random times. It was always kind of exciting wondering what the day was going to hold. So I, I do miss those aspects of it. So there's no con. So on to the next. We only have two more. Only two more here, guys. Hang with us. The next item is church. So I have to talk about church because we go to church and we have been watching what's happening to the churches in California. And only at this point, at least in, in the news as of this taping and this recording, uh, John MacArthur is taking a stand and he's pretty much a lone wolf out there with not a lot of people coming alongside him, which is very sad. Uh, out in California, your churches have been shut down for months and here in Tennessee, uh, it was never mandated, I don't believe, was it? No, it was just, it was uh, recommended. Re recommended. So they recommended it to us, I'd say, in March. Um, churches out here did that for a few weeks uh, as they kind of figured out what what's going on, but they were never mandated to shut down. Our churches are open. Uh, uh, there are different uh, ways of them handling it out there. There is social distancing here at some of our churches, but you aren't going to see masks out here like you would in California. Well, and some churches have continued to stay shut down. Other churches are wide open as they were back in February. Each church is able to make their own decisions based upon the demographics of their congregation. But the other reason that we want to talk about church is because church is part of the culture here. There's just, there's no way to, to get away from it. Uh, so if you're somebody who isn't a churchgoer, 
you're still going to be kind of confronted with that societal aspect of where people are going to ask you, where do you go to church? Uh, a lot of the functions and communities take place at the church. So church is a central part of society here. And I did notice when we came here, there was a lot more people having Bible studies in the coffee shops. There was, I really felt in California, and I know not everywhere is the same, but for me to talk about Jesus publicly, it would have been uh, more oppressive and uh, it definitely doesn't feel the same as I get to feel about my faith here, which is a great thing. I would say if you're a church goer, then uh, it's going to be very easy for you to get plugged in. You're going to have uh, any number of churches, large and small, different denominations uh, that you can attend. And if you're not a church goer, it's still a pro because you have an environment that is uh, very community-based. And a lot of those community-based functions happen at the churches. And so it just gives a real sense of community to it. And one of the things you're going to find is if you're not a churchgoer, there's not a hostility towards it here. If you're a churchgoer in California, there's a certain level of hostility if you bring your Bible into certain environments. If you're not somebody who goes to church, you're not going to feel any hostility towards that. It's not like the businesses are closed down all on Sunday morning, or if you're out walking at 10 o'clock in the morning, people are driving by yelling at you to go to church. It's still very much uh, you're welcome uh, in the community. It's just understand that church is going to be a part of that. And we just ask that you don't yell at us about going. That's right. all. <laughs> You're welcome to come, but don't yell at us because we do. And I, I mean, just just to touch on one more thing about the church because of the culture here, uh, Good Friday is a day that we get off for the public schools out here. And that's very cool. And that's been happening here, and, and we love it, and we have an extra day off. Uh, Wednesday nights. Wednesday nights are usually a youth group night for kids out here. And so let's say you have a, f- a football practice. Your kid's on the football team in high school. Well, practice usually ends early um, at every high school on Wednesdays. For the- if they even have practice on Wednesdays. Some don't even have practice yeah. on Wednesdays. So they, they're, it's just in the culture, and it's what it's what they do, and and we really appreciate that. So if you're a church-going person, there's a lot of pros for the pro list. Uh, The con would be, um, it would make you wonder why you didn't move here sooner and go to to church. And then last, uh, but not least, we are going to talk about your last pro and con just briefly, because we're going to talk more about this in the upcoming episodes. But we've talked about all the nuts and bolts of making your pro and con decision, and I'm sure you're going to add a lot more when you finish listening to this episode. But one of the biggest ones is family. Family is probably the the hardest part uh, about leaving uh, the state of California for many of you. I know a lot of you who've reached out to me already, people that we've already worked with uh, getting them real estate here in Tennessee they have brought a lot of their family, which is fantastic. Many more have moved here without family and their family is now following them out here. And that's happening for Paul and I actually uh, with a lot of our family. So for for those of you thinking about family and leaving family, it, it can be a difficult decision. What would you say about that, Paul? Well, I would say first, it depends on the nature of your family. Some families are easier to leave than others, that's for sure. <laughs> But, <laughs> That's encouraging. But yes, I mean, <laughs> that is a very real thing. So a couple things with that is that, you know, think back in time. What if your great, 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 great grandparents had never left England or Ireland or Germany or Russia or wherever they might have immigrated from? Then you wouldn't have be here in America right now in the greatest country that's ever existed with the greatest opportunities available for most amount of people. So... Don't let family hold you back from pursuing what is best for your family. The other thing, too, is that 
I kind of look and go, if I've made a decision that I think is best for my family and I can articulate that decision intelligently, then if you can't support that decision, are you really on my side? And that can be really difficult because some family members do take it personal, that you're leaving them. And one of the things that we try and explain is, no, we're not leaving you. We're pursuing a better opportunity for our kids and for our family, much like our ancestors did. Uh, speaking for me personally, it was my grandparents that came to California. So I was really only about a second generation Californian, but they came to California, left the Midwest and came to California to pursue a better opportunity. And that's what a lot of people leaving California now are doing is they're pursuing a better opportunity and family that understands that will be supportive of that. So the pros for family, I'd say you are a leader. You're coming out, and I know it may not look like that on the front end. You are probably going to encourage them to make the move as well because when people see you doing it and making it, uh, you have no idea the influence you have for others that are watching, people who are too afraid or people who uh, you know may want to do it, but they're, they're going to watch you. And with modern technology like Zoom and FaceTime, it's much easier to keep in contact with family. And if you, you know, plan far enough ahead, airfare round trip from Nashville to Sacramento uh, roughly could be about $300, 3 to 350 So, you know, it's, it's not super prohibitive to go back once a year uh, or for them to come out and visit you uh, once a year. And one of the things that we've found being out here is that when we do have those visits from family, they're much deeper. They're much more intentional. It's it seems to be a better time because we know that we have you know a limited amount of time before we have to return to our respective states, and so it just seems to be a better visit. It's a much better visit because you have instead of one hour or two hours at Christmas and you're running back and forth and you really don't have a deep conversation. You have hopefully a couple days just to sit, to have coffee with your loved one, to talk to them, to hang out. It really is a sweet thing. So the pro would be you're leading, you're leading the charge. And Paul and I have said this before, and we'll probably say it a lot more. We would have, if it weren't for our kids, no, I can't even say that anymore. We would have still left. The way it is right now, we used to say if it, if it weren't for our kids, we'd still be in California. The past two years, we can't no say that. Way. Not even. So we would have left and, you know, we would have been leaders, hopefully, for somebody else, giving somebody else hope. The con for family really, I say, rests on the family. The family that's saying goodbye to you, they're the con because they're the negative. They can either make it positive for you or they can make it negative for you. And if if they really are being honest and looking at everything and seeing especially their grandkids having opportunities here, it's very difficult not to look at it through the the kind of self-centered glasses because I, I know for me when my kids and my kids don't all live close to me and it is hard I miss them I understand 100% and I want to tell them you better stay because I want you near me well that doesn't make sense and it doesn't help them and and ultimately we're giving them roots and wings to be even better and succeed even even more than we have so when it comes to family one of the things that kind of helps is to ask yourself this if you've decided that moving out of California is a better opportunity for you and, and gives your kids a better opportunity for their future and helps them build a stronger future, and somebody is opposed to that, then are they really on your side? And that can be very difficult to articulate, but if somebody is not rooting for you and is not pushing for you to pursue better opportunities, then that's something you have to take into account when you evaluate how tough it is to 
uh, move to that new place. Thanks for listening to Exodus California. We are so grateful for listeners like you. Show us your appreciation and subscribe and share this podcast with all your friends. If you'd like to receive personalized real estate listings, email us at movingtotennessee at gmail.com. That's movingtotennessee at gmail.com. And let us help you make Tennessee home. All right, barbecue's ready, dear.